This is an honest podcast about mental health and the reality we live in. The sad boys will serve as the ones who never really fit in and give a funny, real, and emotionally vulnerable look at the uncomfortable realities that make us who we are, and they will discuss coping mechanisms and solutions we use to get through it. By no means are the sad boys actually qualified to give you real advice, but they will not give you any fucking bullshit. Remember, it's okay to not be okay. Hello, my fellow sad friends, and welcome to the We're Not Okay podcast. This is a show where two of your favorite sad boys and a guest are going to hold nothing back while we talk about mental health and the world that we live in. I am Turkey. I'm Isaiah. And uh, we're going to be your lovely hosts here on this here podcast. First of all, thank you so much for joining us and clicking here on this video. Um, This is going to be an inductory podcast, eh? Yes, sir. Well, we're going to talk about who the hell we are, what this show is, and why I think we're qualified to talk about the things that we're going to talk about um, with our guests and and with each other. Um, So today we're going to get to learn each other a little bit. Yes, sir. I'm looking forward to it. Learn a little bit more about you and let the viewers learn about us. Hell yeah, man. Hell yeah. Yeah, I'm excited. So we're just going to talk about things and stuff. And uh, me and Isaiah actually don't know each other like extremely well either. So this is going to be fun to get to know each other along this adventure. And I'm not going to sit here in front like we didn't already do a test podcast. And we uh, we kind of botched it. It was real bad. Welcome to the We're Not Okay podcast. So uh, we're going to talk a little bit about ourselves, um, just so you can get to know us, and maybe some of our background. Um, and uh, I, I do also want to say up here at the front, this podcast isn't going to be some whiny podcast where we just get with guests and just whine about our problems all day we actually want this to serve as a way for us to normalize mental health we want to normalize mental health and teach people our ways of struggle ways of getting through our struggles and our ways of getting around things that bother us yeah coping mechanisms that we've learned to get through things ways that we've learned to solve these mental problems that we deal with and problems of the world that we deal with on an everyday basis. So we don't want this to be like a whiny podcast. But also I should say, in no way, shape, or form are we actually qualified with degrees to give you advice, but we are here to help and just normalize this shit in general. But we might get some people who actually do have degrees on the show in the future, which we already have planned. So look forward to that. I'm pointing at this camera. Maybe I should be pointing at that one. That's right. Multiple camera angles. Um, So anyways, I'm uh, I'm Turkey. I'm 29 years old. I had a very long, traumatic childhood um, with an addict mother. And uh, I love playing Dungeons & Dragons. If you don't know that, that's wild. Um, but I do love doing that. And I believe, truthfully, which we'll talk about a little bit, that playing tabletop RPGs is great for mental health. And it's kind of one of the reasons that this whole thing got sparked in the first place. Uh, which we will, I'm not going to get into it today. But we're going to have a dedicated episode to that. Yeah, and I, I, have, um, I do have two associate's degrees in college. I got um, commercial music, sound design, and graphic design. So that's where I'm at. A little bit about me. Now your turn. 
my name is Isaiah. I'm 25 years old. Pretty similar background, uh, raised by an addict mother. My father wasn't absent, but he worked a lot and didn't really interact much. Uh, I spent a lot of my time outside to just kind of keep away from all that stuff. Video games were a great escape, you know, falling into the fantasy world. It's a great coping mechanism, especially right. when you're young. That's right, baby. Especially when you're young. Yeah. Um, I never went to college. It wasn't something that interested me. I got a lot of street smarts. Yeah. Uh, that's where I learned most of my stuff, you know, just dealing with it day in, day out. Hell yeah. A bunch of different people constantly. I was born and raised in this desert town. Very small I, town. I, too, was born and raised in a desert town, but a yeah. different one. Yeah, Southern California. It's got a lot of small right. desert towns where everybody People just... like, oh, you from California? And they send, like, pictures of, like, beaches and palm trees. I'm like, no, nah, motherfucker, I'm from California. And <laughs> send a picture of the desert. <laughs> Check out this tumbleweed. Yeah, that's it. When Sprinkles moved here, but she moved here from Minnesota, and there was an actual tumbleweed going across the street. And she was like, I thought those weren't real. I thought that was, like... You know, only in movies and shit. And I was like, no. It's a cartoon, no. man. It's a cartoon. are real. I've got a couple siblings. Uh, one of them, uh, my brother, um, has his, I believe it's his bachelor's in psychology. Um, and I believe his wife got her bachelor's in child psychology. And I actually would love to get my brother on here one day because me and him have spent plenty of night up late talking about our trauma and how it relates to our lives because we both had the same mother growing up. We do have separate fathers. Uh, my sister's also wonderful. She's a great human being. She's the one who majorly raised me. She taught me how to swim, taught me how to tie my shoes, stuff like that. Um, she's, she's also wonderful. Um, so I love her. Yeah. What about you? I also have two siblings. Uh, I've got an older sister and a younger brother. My sister, all of us, you know, we all went through the same trauma, same mother. Um, but I ended up being the one that kind of had to put the big boy pants on and, mm. and be there for my siblings as a more strong figure. Right. Um, you know, I was not always the nicest to my little brother, mm. but so far as we've gotten into our adulthood, that's the closest sibling that I have to me. Right. He, we've talked about our trauma day in, day out. We've come to understandings with each other, and it's, it's built a stronger love, which I've been very thankful to have. Nice. It shows, you know, no matter how, how bad you treat your siblings, if, if you can make amends, you can take responsibility for your actions, things can improve. Yeah, dude. I have that feeling with some of my friends. Um, like legit get into straight up fist fights and then after about a week we're just like, Hey bro, you wanna go play Pokemon Go together? <laughs> yeah, I mean that's how it should yeah. be that's how it should go in any yeah. normal relationship. You mm -hmm. should be able to have these these fights, these struggles and be able to come together at the end of the day and find common ground. Mm. If if you don't truly love or care about somebody, you're not gonna yeah. you're not gonna do that. Yeah, it's so true. It's so true. There's forgiveness, right? which isn't the title of this episode. It's not forgiveness. I think the title of this episode, besides being the introduction, is going to be Pain is Subjective, which yeah. we're going to talk about a little bit later. Um, you're going to have to wait for that. Um, you know, I brought it up. I want to talk about it right now. You know, we talked yeah. about it before. What, what I'm so I believe, those of you guys out there, I've already told him this, um, that pain is truly subjective because um, there's this thing that people do. You know about this. Whenever someone has like a rough time in life or something bad's happening to them or whatever, they'll like, you know, they'll talk about it a little bit. And then someone else will try to one up sad them and say, oh, yeah, well, I went through this or that. And then someone else will be like, well, you know, my dad is blah, 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 you know. And I, I hate that the most because instead of just understanding what someone's going through and just trying to help them through it, people are one upping each other um, because I truly feel like pain is subjective. Um, the rich kid, good example who didn't get the Lamborghini for his birthday, 
feels just as bad, which is awful to say, but to him, he feels just as bad as someone being like beaten growing up. Like pain is subjective and it's, it's crazy. Like he feels like it's the end of the world. You also feel like it's the end of the world. And in my opinion, your situation's way worse, but he doesn't feel that way. You know what I mean? It's, it, it may not even be that he doesn't feel or, or maybe sympathize with you, but it, it's just that the way he feels hurts just as bad to him in the situation as this other person may feel because yes. it's, it's what he's used to. He's used to getting whatever he wants. He's used to getting shiny, flashy things, and then he doesn't get this thing he wanted for his birthday. It's the end of the world for him. Yes. It's, it's similar to how it's the end of the world for all these other people growing up. Yes. Uh, and I think it's also kind of taught into us. You know, growing up, you're sitting at the dinner table, and you don't want to eat it all. And you get hit with the, there's starving children in Africa mm. who would love your food. It's like they're yeah. trying to do almost exactly that to Dude, I didn't guilt think you that. into eating your food. Yeah. It's, that's, an also, that's a really good example, too. That's wild. Yeah. Like, all we have is this garbage to eat. Well, yeah, but other kids don't have nothing. But to you, it's the same level because you don't know any different. Yeah. You know? yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But my um, point is, is not to preach to people, but um, it's to say, like, when someone's talking to you about whatever they have going on, just try to be understanding because their feelings toward it could be way different towards your feelings toward it. Pain is super project or subjective. And over the course of this podcast, when we're talking to guests and we're talking to each other, um, we're not ever going to try to one up them and be like, Oh my God, my sad's so much worse than yours or whatever, because that's not what it's about. It's about understanding what you're going through and understanding how you're coping with what you're going through. Right. How did you get over it? What, what changed? You know what I mean? Yeah. That's what it's all about. It's definitely what it's about. It's we're not trying to one up anybody exactly. We as people, you should be able to stop, take a, take a step back, and try to put yourself in someone's shoes to be understanding. It's a big divide we have. We we lost that sympathy. We lost that empathy. Yeah, and it, it's created a big divide in people where we no longer interact the same. And you know, a lot of outside sources have something to do with that. Yeah, yeah, so true. Man, I uh, so the the funny explanation of this. I'm realizing now that I'm going to be the clown of this podcast, and you know what? I will embrace my seat. Okay, that's fine. But um, a fun explanation of this is my friends would always say stuff like, you know, uh, life's bad or whatever. Like my mom didn't give me money or whatever. I'm like, wow, you had a mom. And I would always just make jokes like that. Um, and then it, it boiled down to this one point. My son was like, my friend was disciplining his son, and he was like, get upstairs. And I was like, I told him. I'm going to talk about this story in a minute, um, but I was like, just tell your son to get upstairs and eat green beans, because that's all he's allowed to eat. Get upstairs and eat your green beans. So now, everyone watching from the Grouch Couch streams, uh, no. Get your damn green beans. That's me, my one-up joke. Get your damn green beans. Um, that was probably a really random rant, and I apologize, but it will all make sense in time. So just keep listening, okay? It will all make sense in time. Yeah. Um, I should also say, this is the We're Not Okay podcast, but we are still affiliated and a part of the Grouch Couch, um, which is, you know, the, the streaming show, Grouch Couch Entertainment, what I manage and produce, and we're the ones producing the show as well, so it's still the Grouch Couch, but thank you guys for joining us, and, and yeah, okay, your turn to say, say, to say something. Oh, well, I really like the topic of, of pain being subjective. Yeah. I really like the topic of empathy. Mm. And I think that's something I'd kind of like to emphasize is being empathetic. Because sympathy kind of, it falls along the line of you've been in their shoes. 
Right. You've been in that spot. So you can sympathize with what they're feeling. But what do you say, like, when someone says, I understand to you, you're in that moment. I mean, like, do, do you think they actually do understand? Like, I know some people get mad when you say stuff like that. I understand. And I think that's a big part of where people are at in their mind. Yeah. Um, if somebody tells you, you want, they understand and you get upset or angry with them, I feel like that's maybe you were in a sense of denial at that time of what you're going through. Right. Maybe you need to take that hand that's reaching out. Whether they understand or not, they're trying to. Right. I feel like that gives an idea of they're trying to understand. And that's more important than anything because they may not have been in that same spot. And another thing I feel like your reaction to other people's actions is a big part of what makes you you and what helps you build a better life for yourself. It's also very true. Once you start letting people's actions control your reactions instead of living a healthy, happy life like you want to, it gets toxic. It it becomes habit. Right. It becomes something that's Sometimes I feel like negative. I have a problem sympathizing with people. So just to build off what you were saying, like I people will say like they're going through a hard time or something and like I just instinctively make a joke about it or I'll like be like oh you know that's so crazy or like whatever and then i i reflect back on it later in hindsight and i'm like oh my goodness like i i should have been nicer softer you know what i mean but it's just who i am to kind of make jokes and always be you know the uppity clown guy um in public spaces so i feel like i suck with sympathy because for me when something bad's happening to me or i'm saying something bad about something i make jokes to try and you know cope with my own issues so I try to do that with other people, too. Like, you fell down the stairs and broke your leg, you know? Haha, I bet the stairs couldn't win in a fight. You know what I mean? Like, I'll say something stupid instead of, you know? And that's so that's actually, my... Does that count as a reaction? Uh, no, that's not really a reaction. That's honestly, in and of itself, a coping mechanism. Yeah. So in these social interactions, and I was going to say myself, I've witnessed you in, in more private, private situations, and you are very sympathetic. But well, yeah, maybe with you, like, but like on the spot, on the spot in front of people. Yeah, no, but that's because you're putting you're putting on a, a different show. face. You yeah. know, you're you're not necessarily putting on a show, but that's your way of letting letting light to the situation. Not necessarily trying to blanket it, but you're using comedy as a way to just try and get people to smile, try and get them distracted. Right. It's not necessarily that you're not being sympathetic. It's just your coping mechanism, not only to awkward situations, but you're trying to help people, whether that's subconscious or not. Now that you say that, I'm like, wow, you know, like, because you have come to me and talked to me about stuff all the time. And that's why we're doing this, by the way, y'all. I totally forgot we're even fucking recording. Um, We're here because we've talked a lot about stuff. And you have come to me and talked to me. And yeah, but it's like I relate with you and like the things you're going through. And I'm like, you know, here's what I would do in that situation. I, I try to help, you know. So that actually does make me feel better that you say that. Yeah, you're very sympathetic and very understanding. And I've gotten that from our one-on-ones, you know. Yeah. We, went, we went from not knowing each other to sitting in a hallway with each other to sharing an office mm. and just having all that time just sitting there shooting the shit, just learning a little bit about each other, helping each other through what we were going through as much as we could. Yeah. Just with the slight information we had. and I was like... Built a great friendship. At some point, I don't remember when it was, but I was like, oh no, did Isaiah finally learn that I'm a fool? <laughs> I was like, she's going to still be my friend. I don't remember what I did, but I was like, oh shit. But hey, we're still here, so I guess it's all good. 
Nothing you've ever done has bothered me, so I have no clue what you could possibly be referencing. Good. <laughs> Gosh. Um, I, I get like that, too. You know, I'm like, oh, fuck. I, several times through our friendship, I've been like, oh, fuck, did I say something wrong to Turk? Like, did he take that personally? Like, Hell no. But I think that's just trauma responses as well. That's true, huh? It's, you're used yeah. to, like, maybe making one little fuck up, and then... And there is, it's gone. not just like family and friends or, or family and siblings, but friendship trauma is huge. It is. You can actually get forms of complex PTSD from toxic friendships or yeah, relationships. And like codependency yep. and like, dude, it's crazy. Mm -hmm. Codependency is, is a very tough thing and it can span so many different aspects of life. Yeah. You can like relationships to parents, to friends. I, um, I've just had the weirdest relationships with a lot of friends. And um, I just have for the longest time. And I told you and, and our friend James, shout out James. I don't know if he's listening. Um, but I was like, it's just so weird because it's a different kind of friendship. It's something I've never experienced before. And um, it just tripped me out. So, yeah, I don't think you could ever make me mad. And even if you did, I'd be like, we're at that point where I think we would fight and then I would hit you up and bring you a Red Bull or something. Yeah. We're at I, that point now. Yeah, I yeah. agree. I agree. Yeah. Like, sit down with each other. Have a Red Bull, talk it out. Yeah, it's absolutely true. Yeah, for those of you guys just listening, um, there is a visual element to this podcast, but this is meant for listening, so you can just go on ahead and listen. I say we talk a little bit um, about our pasts now, um, past traumas and things, just so people can get to know a little bit of that kind of stuff. Um, and my earlier jokes might make a little bit more sense. Um, so we'll talk a little bit about that, but I don't want to go too in depth. We also have a lot of topics that we want to cover as singular episodes. So let's not go too in-depth into those as well, like codependency and friendship, stuff like that. Yep. Those are going to be their own episodes. Um, so we're just going to talk a little bit about our pasts and kind of where we grew up and, and where we are now. Um, so the folks listening can kind of get to know us a little bit about that. Would you like to start us off? Yeah, I can start us off. Uh, I think I'm going to start, you know, I, I was born and raised same house that I was brought up in uh, lived in the same house my whole life your parents still live in the same house they still live in the same exact house wow i lived there until i was about 20 years old and have moved back a couple of times since then um i was but, gonna say that because you were back there a little bit recently so that must yeah. have affected you some kind of way it it definitely did it's really hard being in the in the family house you know there's a lot there yeah but so and there really wasn't much to do so i spent a lot of time outside just kind of getting myself beaten and bruised just running around doing hood rat shit, getting myself. I in, did that. Getting myself involved with that. all the wrong people. God, yeah. Can I interrupt you for one second? There was this one point in my life where I lived out in the middle of nowhere, but there was like a small neighborhood of kids, and I really wanted their attention and, and their friendship, and so I would literally ride my bike as fast as I could into bushes and just fly off of my bicycle to make them laugh. And for attention. And I hit puberty way too early, so I had this crazy pain tolerance that I would just come home with gashes. And I had to get stitches at one point, and I was just walking around for a week before, like, my leg just kept dripping. I was just riding into bushes and just wrecking. I was punching myself in the face. It was crazy. Nah, so that. that's my, my hood rat. <laughs> I feel that, man. Like, uh, the park that's just down a, a block from my, my house, there's this, there's this rock that just curves. And I thought it would be a great idea because I had all these guys and all these girls watching me. I thought it would be great to go down this hill as fast as I could on my little BMX bike with no brakes. And I hit that thing and flipped. And the bike landed on top of me. 
I thought I was fucking dying, but I also thought I was cool as shit. I feel like a lot of people actually have that story. <laughs> Probably. Like, a lot of people do. Like, they learn to not be the class clown. <laughs> I never learned that. That's my problem. <laughs> I, I never had repercussions. I never learned. I broke way too many bones to keep going. Jeez. So, like, way after that, though, you were okay? Yeah, I was fine. Cool. I, I got up and walked it off. You know, I've I've fair share of gashes and just you holding it in girls. one little... Oh, yeah, I impressed those girls. <laughs> I impressed those fifth grade girls like yeah, nobody's did. business, man. Yeah. They knew what was up. They, I, I didn't even have to carry three chairs at once, man. Oh, God. They, Out of context, that's so funny. <laughs> As an adult, I impressed oh, yeah. those fifth grade girls. If they just start listening at this point, oh, God. Oh, that would be terrible. That would be terrible. Come off. Come Go off ahead. really bad. <sighs> <laughs> Uh, you got yeah, me a little yeah. fucked up. I did. But anyways, I, did. I <laughs> went through the public school system as as most of us Americans have. It's a very commonplace thing. Yeah. Uh, I didn't. I was one of those lucky few that did not end up with a child fresh out of high school. Nice. But I still had shout out fishy. But I, <laughs> I still had children relatively young. Um, I have I have two kids now. Yeah, I've got a third one coming along the way, mm-hmm. and I think I'll I'll have a lot of good aspects as far as. I only met one. Of you. you have two kids. Yeah, I have two. I didn't know. And one that. of one of them is my my stepdaughter, but I I will never never oh. openly claim that. Right. You know, I will always like you consider just her. You yeah. just did right now. I like I just did, but <laughs> this is this is to give some explanation. That's good, true. Sir. That's true. But. She will always be my daughter. Whenever I talk about her, that's my daughter. Nice. Yeah, I have I have two kids. Third one coming. Hell yeah! And you know, it's it's been a huge change to my life and the way that I looked at things. It's that's good. It was a total shift in my mindset when I when I had my oh, kids. No. Yeah, it's good. That's real good. Um, so we grew up in the same house. That's really fun. I um, with my mom, we moved so much, like all over the place. I. I've lived in so many houses and not houses. So it's fun. Yeah. Anything else from your youngins that you want to share? I think a lot of it is going to have to be covered in, in singular episodes. I feel like if I get into it, I'll get it, give a little too much away. Word. Word. So for me, I have a very selective memory. Um, due to my trauma, I've accepted that. Um, it's actually affected my adult life a little bit. Um, my memory likes to not... I don't know. It's just real spacey. And thank goodness I got um, my lovely partner to help me with that. Um, but, yeah, it's been real tough. Um, and it's uh, mostly due to my childhood. And um, one of the stories I always tell, which I think I told during our draft episode, um, was it was one point in time I was living out in the middle of nowhere because my mom and her boyfriend at the time decided that they wanted to live on a farm. Um, but it was like a small neighborhood 10 miles from town. Like the act, like town, quote unquote. It was like, I don't know, maybe 10 houses out there. And um, they would leave for long periods of time while I was out there um, doing whatever, working, going on trips, whatever the fuck they were doing. I just remember being alone 90% of the time. And uh, there was uh, a point where there wasn't any food in the house. The power was out in the house. We didn't have any electricity. And uh, so the place was cold. And I believe. Either my sister or my mom's boyfriend at the time had puked in the living room after a drinking binge or something. And so the whole house smelled really bad. 
And so I actually carried my mattress outside and put it underneath a hammock. I don't know why I did that because I was sleeping in a hammock, but I was also like 12 or 10, something like that. Again, selective memory. So years are just fucking lost on me. I don't know years, um, but I was like 12 or 10 and I was just sleeping in a hammock and I was actually blowing up canned yams in a fire pit for entertainment. And I was eating green beans out of the can that would heat up on the fire. So that's where the whole green bean joke, see, it comes back around. It comes back around. Um, so that trauma of being alone has kind of affected me a lot in my life. I like being alone. I'm a solo kind of artist kind of guy. So getting out of my shell when I want to be in my own space has been tough, um, especially having a partner, someone that you live with. And she's kind of dealt with me wanting to be alone a lot of the times. Um, but when I'm in my zone, I'm in my zone. Um, but I know that. So I try my best to break out of my shell because she's very much so the opposite. Um, but yeah, so that's just a small little bit of that. Oh, also, in that same house, I had a friend who would come and visit me. His name was Pyro. I'm sure you remember this. We were ripping insulation out of this out of the wall of my room because it was holes in the walls. We were ripping insulation out of the holes in the walls and putting it in this little like jar. It was I swear to God, it was like a pickle jar or something. And we were lighting it on fire to have light and for like warmth and shit. Um, and insulation burns for a long time. Yeah, it's got That's a lot what of we learned. Chemicals. We were trying to do like paper, but the paper would just burn and go out. So we were burning insulation. <laughs> it's not good. It's not good. Man, you probably got a lot of brain damage from that insulation. Brain damage. Since Emotion. the day I was born. Emotional damage. There you go. Emotional damage. There you go. Jeez. Cheers, good sir. Cheers. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I would like to amend that by saying um, me and my mother now do have a pretty good relationship. Um, I had to take some time away from her. When we moved here, I needed some me time, um, but now we're slowly building our relationship back. But even before that, she got sober, um, at least for the most part. Um, and uh, yeah, I was living with her for a little while. She was making amends, which is wonderful. And I think it helped me a lot. Um, I know that I like collect co- toys and like little things like that in my adult life now because I didn't get it when I was a child. So that's why I collect amiibos. What's up, y'all? Y'all like amiibos? Um, I don't really like Amiibos that much, but I did at one point. Anyways, but me and my mom have a good relationship now. She's actually coming to Thanksgiving, so cheers to that. That's really awesome to hear, man. I'm, yeah. I'm glad you've been able to make amends. That's really hard to do. Yeah. It's me really and my hard. dad, too. Me and my dad, too. That's good. Yeah. Good. I'm kind of struggling with that myself. You know, sometimes me and my mom have a good relationship. Oh, dude, the lo-fi and, music we're listening to, y'all can't hear it. It just got real sad. Yeah, this is, editing in post-Turkey, if you want to, go ahead and put some sad tunes here. Or yeah. not. If, if it's late and you're editing, don't worry about it. Because <laughs> that happens. Yeah, I, I, have a, I have a very rocky relationship with my mom. It's, it's a lot of ups and downs. You know, she'll be nice to me and be doing all these nice things for me. Only for when, as soon as she's mad, it's used against me or held against me. And it's, it's kind of created a very bad uh, habit of enjoying when she's nice, but waiting for the bad. And so, Like you expect it. Yeah, it's, it's expected, but yeah. it's, it's really a matter of time is kind yeah. of how it is. It's never a guaranteed amount of time. It's not like every three weeks she acts like this. Sometimes she'll be good for a year and then just pull everything that she can out, of, out to try and hurt the other person. Mm. It's just how she is. Uh, so I'm taking my own break from that 
that part of my family at this time, which, you know, it's a, it's a little rough being that it's right around the holidays. Yeah. I was, I, we had some plans Mm. and you know, now they're falling through. Yeah. But I'm going to make plans. You got three weeks. You never know. Honestly, I I don't think three weeks is enough for me. Uh, It's, it's less so on her at this point. It's another thing we're going to talk about a little bit. The Oedipus complex. Yes. That's a great complex because it's it's very real. Um, We're going to have a whole episode dedicated to that. It's a, it's a very real topic and that's, story. That's going to be a tough one for me. It's very interesting, and it covers so much and explains so much about just uh, intimate relationships. Yeah. Intimate relationships. Yeah. Yeah. True shit. I guess. <laughs> one time, my mom, one of the things she did do, though, while she was going through recovery, she took a lot of Xanax to put her to sleep because she, you know, she was on meth, whatever, so they helped put her to sleep. Yeah. And... um she would just, you know, she's like, whatever, I'm sleeping. I don't give a fuck. She's like, all my friends would just be in my house all day, all, all, all along. And my house was the flop house. And, um, but she took care of the kids like they were her kids because all my friends didn't have parents, right? Yeah. And that just seems to be the way that it is. Um, but uh, at one point in time, she was like very much so against like, um, you know, suicide and, and hurting yourself and stuff like that. She was like, that's the one thing that she does not, you know, uh, accept. Like, you want to smoke weed in the house? Fine. But if I catch you cutting yourself, I'm going to beat your ass. She would like, always say shit like yeah. that. And one time, my girlfriend at the time, she had um, cut herself, and my mom caught wind. <laughs> she fucking came out, flying out the door. My girlfriend was 18. My mom threw her face into a fence and was like, bitch, you want to feel pain? <laughs> like, beat the <laughs> fuck out of her, dude. Oh, oh my no. goodness. I, I shouldn't say that, but it was very dramatic. She didn't beat the shit out of her, but she definitely scared the shit out of her. <laughs> Oh, my God. I have no clue what your mom looks like. I've never met your mom, but yeah. I feel like if she were to throw my face into a fence, I would be second-guessing yeah. like She's like myself. five, six, kind of chubby, full ginger. Yeah, I would have. I probably would have been terrified. Yeah. It's like a little Irish woman coming at you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you don't fuck with the Irish women, do no, they? No offense to Turkey She's mom. like, no I have one fucking mom. rule. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> You take care of yourself. Yeah. Oh. Uh, I love that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. She's a wonderful woman, though. Um, but nowadays, just so we know and everyone listening is clear, um, that ex-girlfriend of mine and my mom are actually now still good friends to this day. So uh, my mom sparked something in her that actually, for whatever reason, she sees her as a motherly figure now still to this day. So that's crazy. It worked. Yeah. It worked. Yeah. Sometimes you literally need to knock sense into people. Sometimes you can't knock hard enough. And it comes back to beating up your friends and then buying them a Red Bull later. Yep. Same exactly. situation. I mean, I've been there. I've been in situations where my best friends have had to strap me with ratchet straps so that I'd stop acting oh. crazy. This is our 30-minute timer. You know what that means? That means we need to uh, go to the bridge. Everybody watching, um, this point in our show, it's about the halfway mark, we have plans to do a bridge section of the show um, where we're going to tell riddles, do jokes. We also have plans to get uh, a hero's journal and read things out of that, um, or also even ask jokes or riddles to our guests that we may or may not have at the time. Um, so this point right here is going to be a point where we take a deep breath because we don't know how intense the conversations might have been that we've previously had. So at the very least... 
Thank you so much for listening and joining us and being here for the We're Not Okay podcast. This is the first ever episode. Um, I'm going to promote it a little bit right now. If you're enjoying so far, if you're on Spotify, give us a rating. If you're watching on YouTube, hit the subscribe button. Um, and if you want to share it to a friend, please go ahead and do so. If you want to be a guest on the We're Not Okay podcast, please let us know. Because there are some topics that me and Isaiah feel like we're not qualified to talk about in depth, but they are things that we want to cover. So if you feel like you're one of those people, let us know. We want to normalize mental health because it's okay to not be okay, y'all. I would just like to thank the viewers, the listeners, everybody that wants to be involved. And, you know, like you were saying, it ties back into the we want to normalize mental health. If, if you feel like you have something you want to say, something you want to just get off your chest, you know, reach out. Reach out. Yeah, so childhoods are rough, and I feel like we need to have a whole um, episode just to talk about childhoods, because um, I know there's a lot of things that um, are probably still affecting me to this day that I don't even realize, and it might actually be some week workout together, because I'm pretty sure it's probably the same for you. Yeah, definitely. Um, I heard about your past in our draft episode, um, and it's tough, man. It's tough out here. Yeah, and we got a pretty similar past kind of going on. Definitely do. It's It's... Cut from the same cloth, but different areas. Cut from the same cloth, but different areas. Yeah, Thank yeah. you for the reminder. I'm teaching Isaiah. Isaiah's uh, never been in content creation world before, y'all. Very, very new. Brand new. Can we get some hype in the comments for Isaiah? Very new to content creation. Like, really excited to get into eat this. Eat your microphone. <laughs> it's, I'm not used to having to have something this close to my face, to be honest. So, like, but, uh, the way that they're set up, and I guess to pull back the veal for everyone else who watches anyone, any other podcasts, um, the level on the mics are so low, so they don't catch any kind of room noise or fan yeah. noise or anything like that. But that means you have to get... got to get in there. Yeah, you got to get in, in there. Yeah. Which I will, like get, I will get more I used to. Oh, they definitely... I can't hear you, so... So, yeah. You got to yeah. get in there. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's definitely some things we need to talk about a little bit. And we have, um, for those of you guys listening, we have a whole list of topics, and I think they're going to be really good. And it's tough for us today because we've already almost stepped into a lot of those topics, um, but we want to save them, and uh, it should be good. It, it can be considered a little teaser for you guys, something, something yeah. to look forward to, something to expect down the line. So, um, as I said in the beginning, me and Isaiah actually just met recently. I mean, I didn't know what it was, less than a year ago? Yeah, we met uh, April 3rd of this year. Right? This motherfucker remembers the dates. How do you know that? Because that was my hiring date. Oh, at the job. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah okay. it helps. Yeah. It helps. I have like, I feel like I have this own version of how that went down in my head, but maybe you, you tell the story because I want to hear what you think went down when we first met. So I, I just remember, you know, my first day I went in, didn't have the work t-shirt, but I still wanted to look nice. Yeah. But I have a really big problem with long sleeve t-shirts. So I rolled up my dress shirt t-shirts and I had my tattoos showing. I have a, a tattoo of a There's boo. video element. You can of, show it to the people. I have a tattoo of Boo right here, and he's dropping a tab of acid. And I remember Turk looking at me and saying, "Hey, man, you got a Boo tattoo too?" And I was like, "Yeah, it's uh, it's dropping a tab of acid. Should I should I cover that up?" And he responded to something of the effect of, "Nah, man, don't worry about it. It's cool here." <laughs> and I just walked away. I just walked away, and then I didn't <laughs> see him again for like a month. 
<laughs> and I like I seen you like every morning, uh, like you know, and Springers would drop me off for work. I think at the time she was just out, yeah. And so like I seen you every morning, um, because we work at the same place, y'all. If you didn't already fucking pick up on that, um, I seen you every morning, and I tell her like, yeah, that dude reminds me of Link, bro. Like same fucking guy. Those of you guys be watching Grouch Couch since the beginning, you know Link. And I was like, same guy. I was like, should I introduce myself to him? And she's like, yeah, I mean, why not? You know, like, you got no friends out here? And I was like, all right, maybe I will. And I don't even remember what I, like, said to you. It's like, what's up? It, it was something to that what's effect. Up? I think it was when you, when you left uh, your old position and, and became the manager's assistant. Mm. Uh, you finally came over to the claims building because you were over there in the, the other building. Yeah. Um, so that was when we really kind of had those those full-on interactions. Yeah. I was moved shortly to the hallway that you were in afterwards, and I don't remember exactly what you said to me, but you almost immediately rolled this apple-sized D20 that you keep on your desk. Across and, the floor. Across the floor of the hallway. Classic turkey, rolling dice to <laughs> his friends. Across the floor of the hallway, <laughs> and just asked me to roll it back. I'm pretty sure I lost the first handful of times that we did that back and forth. Yeah. But I eventually got the dub. Was the hallway our first real interaction? Uh, not necessarily the first real interaction, but our first real ability of having those those long interactions. Nice. Otherwise, it was it was limited to nice meetings that we would have, and then quick like, like, "Hey, Turkey." They were like, "So we're gonna move you in that room." It was like fucking four days later. We got put in this hallway office, which is really open, and it kind of sucks. And then they were like, all right, well, you know, you as the manager assistant, they were like, we're going to, you know, we can give you your own office. And I was like, what about in this room? It was just empty for whatever fucking reason. Um, they're like, but someone has to be in here with you. And um, I was like, oh, well, Isaiah's been doing a really good job. So I think he should join me in here. <laughs> and then I walked over to you and I was like, you're moving. <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty quickly. <laughs> you're moving. And, I mean, it's, it may have been a little bit of bias, but, you know, I, I do try to work my ass off. I, I get a genuine sense of self from my yeah. my work and my work effort which i did uh during a management meeting i told them all i was like so you guys know that i create content it's something that i do um i was like and we're going to talk about you know our experiences here whatever i was like but we aren't going to give a name of the company we aren't going to do anything like that and then like the other managers were like i don't fucking care do it, <laughs> do it or don't i don't fucking care and like because my experience in the past fishy worked for a pizza place and they were like you're not even allowed to wear the t-shirts on that show that you do like you can't mention us you can't do nothing and i was like fuck so i just thought that was the way the world worked um but people don't fucking care some people don't mind free publicity whether it's good publicity or not yeah yeah but anyways i told them i was like, we're not going to mention their name or nothing but we do work together um and the first time we met yeah it was it was um such a good story it's pretty comical. I like it. Because I had seen you and I was like, oh, dude, that guy's, that's Link right there. That's fucking, uh, senior tattoos. He's got the same fucking arm tattoos. And I was like, that's fucking, I got to say hi. So like, what do I say? Oh, look, your tattoo is cool. Oh, he's dropping a tab of acid. You went, should I cover it up? Nah, man, you're cool. <laughs> Walked away. I mean, that was my, it's my first like office, office job. job. Yeah. Like uh, you got to be professional, but I've learned that this office is just Full of degenerates. Yeah. It would be, like crazy alternative people. Mm -hmm. It would be a great place for an office-esque documentary. You know, yeah. the, it'd be hilarious. There's some characters. Oh, loads of them. There's some characters. Um, yeah, we got moved into this office together, and then we just started spitballing shit and talking shit, and we, like, uh, we came to party um, with you at that house, that apartment. She was fun, and 
getting to know you a little bit and um it's all cool and um yeah i was like i create stuff and and we would just sit and talk about mental health and stuff oh what really sparked this whole thing was that i went to um which we should talk about a little bit uh, getting medication is okay um, yeah. i'm on antidepressants now and uh, so i went to go get diagnosed to, to a medication doctor and me and him go to the same psychology medication doctor um, here in town, which is a small town, so I guess that really isn't a big thing. Um, but she's really nice. She's really cool, and uh, yeah, she prescribed me on prescribed me on antidepressants. And I told you about that, and you were like, "Oh yeah, no, she's cool, man. She's cool. Yeah, she's really cool. She's very understanding, and she doesn't try to push anything on you. Yeah, uh, she's she looks at the facts, and." <laughs> I realized when I went to her last, if I skirt around anything and just try to talk to her, like, about normal things, she, like, interrupts me real quick. Like, I was like, yeah, so me and Isaiah, he's, like, your other patient, I think. I was like, we're thinking about starting up, like, a mental health podcast. It's really cool. So this whole experience has been good for me. And she just went, okay. So no weight gain? <laughs> <laughs> She's very about the facts. <laughs> no man. weight gain, yeah. Very about the facts. My antidepressants make it hard to lose weight, whatever. And, yeah, I was like, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> I thankfully my medications only I can get a really bad rash, which I haven't experienced yet, so likely won't. And yeah. then with my, my sleeping medication for my night terrors, apparently it can be similar to uh, a Viagra malfunction. Ooh. A painful Viagra malfunction. Fuck. Which I also have not experienced yet, so I think I'm okay. Fuck. I think I think I'm good. Jesus. Painful, huh? Yeah, it's apparently very painful. Ouchies. Which I that's the thing about medication, you know, there there is side effects, but when it comes to your mental health and your ability to take care of yourself, there's something I like to do where it's I weigh my monsters, you know. Am I more worried about it. this rash that I'm not getting? Yeah. Or am I worried about going manic and doing things I'll regret in the future? So fucking true. I think with what I'm Lexapro, I think is what I'm on, whatever. Um so it's like hard to lose weight, possible weight gain. Um, inability to ejaculate, <laughs> which oh, no. is insane. Um, yeah, rash, one of the things. Um, and there was like a couple other small things. But like if I stop taking them after I've taken them for a long time, if I don't wean myself off of it, I have withdrawals that in the description it said are equivalent to the same feeling as electroshock therapy. And I, I feel like I've already felt it at one point. I was having panic attacks real bad. And I was like, maybe I'm taking too much med. So I just started doing halves. And then, like, it was one day where I was just like, fuck, what was that? <laughs> it was so weird, dude. Yeah. Um, and I went to her, I told her about it, and she was like, if you're having panic attacks, that actually means you need more, not less. <laughs> I was like, oh. I mean, you, you could have asked me, oh, but okay. it's better to hear it from your psychiatrist. Yeah. Way better to hear it from your psychiatrist. Oh. <laughs> Jesus I've Christ. A big thing about... uh taking antipsychotics and those kinds of drugs, there's always a withdrawal effect yeah. because it, it plays into your brain chemistry. So there will always be some sort of withdrawal. Right. And, you know, when you are having those panic attacks, if it was working before, it means you need more. Right. I, I started at, I believe it was 25 milligrams of the medication I started out with, and I'm now taking 200 a day. Jeez. So, and it's same thing with my sleeping medication. I started at 25 milligrams of those a night, and now I have to take 200 a night. Yeah. 
but she also which hey nothing wrong with that oh no if that's it works okay yeah, that's yeah. your brain your it's, brain is different exactly if you guys out there have to take high doses or whatever that's fine that's okay yeah. everyone's different pain is subjective yeah and you know even my my psychiatrist said that it's not a crazy high dose you know a lot of people need this because of how severe whatever they're experiencing at night right. is you know i i don't remember any of my dreams another episode to look forward to dreams. dream analysis yeah it's gonna be fantastic uh, sprinkles is actually gonna come she's gonna do her dream journal it's gonna be fun yep. I'm going to I'm going to do my best to try to remember some dreams that I'm yeah. probably going to start logging what I can and can't remember. We're actually going to have homework during that yep. week before we come to record. Yep. We're going to have homework. Smart. Yeah. Cuz you know like I was saying I don't I don't remember my dreams, but I will wake up in a flurry. I'll pop up out of my out of my bed like nothing like something crazy happens right. when there was absolutely nothing and I have no clue why. No shit. And there's a lot of times you know I don't even remember the the part where I'm standing up, I just remember standing at the foot of my bed, like fully standing, and I'm like, "What the fuck? How did I get here? <laughs> Why am I out of bed yeah. right now?" I um, there's someone wanted to say, uh, medication wise, which we're gonna have a full episode about medication. But one thing I do want to say really quickly, um, I was out of medication, and I've never really done this before. This is like this whole medication thing is very new to me, and so I didn't know how to re up, and so I was actually calling the psychology department, like, "Hey, I need more medication." Once they finally called me back a day later, they were like, you just call Rite Aid and give me your prescription number. Yep. And I was like, oh, yep. sick. So anyways, I went three days without him. Um, and then um, she did. She bumped me from five to ten because that's what she wanted to do. She was like, for the first month, we're doing five. Then we're doing ten. So um, I took ten milligrams and I went and picked them up in the middle of the day. And as soon as I got them, I just popped one and went to an art show that Sprinkles was doing. And while we're at that art show, like I remember like I was just like, fucking got to do all this shit. Fucking bullshit. And then, like, two hours later, I just looked down at myself, and I was just dancing. Just having a good time. And I was like, what the fuck? Oh, antidepressants kicked in, just, like, loudly. <laughs> Everyone just like, yep, I'm having a good... Antidepressants <laughs> just kicked in. I'm having a good time, you know, because I'm very open about it. Like, I don't care. I'm on these meds. Like, that's the reality we live in. I'm like, antidepressants kicked in. Hell yeah. So I literally felt it, like, hit... And you showed up later, too. Yeah. We were hanging out and shit, but I literally felt it like hit me, and like all of a sudden, I was just like, "Sick, life's cool. We're doing this thing. I'm enjoying it. Um, just fun." Yeah. So my, um, I guess my problem is that my brain just doesn't develop serotonin or something like that. Yeah, I can't remember what you had told me you were diagnosed with exactly. It's, it was a chronic depressive disorder of some like sort. Really, this is crazy name, but it's long depression is basically yeah. what it is. Yeah, which apparently a lot of people which, do have. Yeah. Um, and it's because my brain doesn't develop serotonin, so I can't enjoy anything. Mm -hmm. So what the medication does is it puts serotonin into my brain. Yeah, it, That's what it does. And, you know, it's chronic depression can kind of correct itself it, with medication and therapy. Right. Uh, your serotonin glands could start activating again, I, if I'm getting this correct. I fucking hope so. But, you know, chronic depression is, is pretty rough. Yeah. A lot of... Famous people struggle with it. Absolutely. And, you know, a typical characteristic that they ha all have is using comedy to cope. Isn't that funny? Isn't that funny? Though? I was talking to one of our coworkers and shit, too, and she was saying something. She had said some shit about Robin Williams or something, and then she looked at me, and she was like, yeah, the people that are always overly funny making jokes are the people you got to look out for. And I was like, thanks. <laughs> just walked away. <laughs> I was like, what did you say that? Um, but yeah, it was really like to a point of where 
um, whenever I did enjoy something, my brain would hyper-focus on that one thing, and I would try to get as much happiness out of that one thing as I could before I tossed it to the wayside and just forgot about it. Like yeah. There was a point where I went through a Rubik's Cube phase, and I was just plucking it, because I solved a Rubik's Cube and was like, this is so cool. And then I kept trying to do different Rubik's Cubes, and then it's the, it's the best example I have, because what the fucking Rubik's Cubes. But now I... I I mean, I solve one like once a week, but it really doesn't like doesn't give me that same hit. So I hyper focus on things. I'm like, oh, that was I enjoyed that. So I'm just only going to do that for the rest of my life. And then is there's no more serotonin in it. It just goes away. It's like all of your hyper fixations are kind of like little gateway drugs. Yeah. You, you like it until you don't. And then you got to find something else to replace it. Yeah. Which I completely get that, too. I have the same issue. Yeah. Uh, Video games especially. Like, I haven't really touched video games longer than a couple days here and there over the last three, Which four I years. Was crazy, by the way, y'all. Yeah. This and dude doesn't play games. I, it's, it's very okay. hard for me to sit down and enjoy them like I used to. I enjoyed them a lot more when I was younger. Um, when I was living with some roommates, they were very aggressive about their, their video games, and it was feeding that into me. And, I, you know, I already had an issue with controlling my temper. Right. It was getting to the point where I was... I lose a Fortnite match and slam my laptop screen shut. Fuck. Like with no consideration of what, what would happen. Fuck. Yeah, just slam it and hit my mouse on the desk and, and there was one day I, it happened and my grandma came out and she was like, Hey, are you are you okay? What's going on? And for some reason it just it just clicked in my head. I was like, this is not normal behavior. This, right. <laughs> this is not normal behavior. Yeah. What do I need to do to stop this for right now? Right. And at the time that was stopping competitive pvp video games and i lived there for a while longer and just never touched video games like, sorry guys since then Not for me since then i just have a hard time getting into them uh what was it um dead by daylight was that the game you the got worst me? one yeah you got me to play that and i the trials of osiris yeah, i binge That's played the worst one I binge played that for like two days. Called out a word. Oh, um, seven days to die. Seven days to die. Thank you. That was the game. I binged that for like three days straight pretty much. And literally called off work to play it for one day. No shit. And yeah, I didn't even care. I was, I stayed up all night playing it. I looked at my, my phone and it was like 630. (laughs) I waited till seven rolled around. I texted my supervisor. I was like, hey. Yep. I'm not going to make it in today. I feel like I remember seeing you on Steam like playing, and I was like, oh, this dude. Yeah, I, was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm not making it in today. Yeah. And, you know, that ended up kind of being a, a regretful situation because I could have made some money that day and ended up uh, in a much different situation by the end of the afternoon. No shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, that will also be we'll something t- to get into. Well, I think we'll talk about that. Yeah, that's a crazy day for you. Uh, me and uh, Fishy and the Grouch Couch crew um, also played the shit out of Seven Days to Die. We purchased our own server. We were like, we got way heavy into it for about a month. Like, I got that kick of serotonin, and then I was like, all right, yeah, we're done with this. Boulder's Gate 3 came out, and I was like, yeah, we're done. I even messaged Fish. I was like, yeah, are we still playing this? And he was like, nah, cancel the server. I was like, got you. Done. Yeah. You still uh, doing Baldur's Gate? I wasn't here and there. Here and there. Here and there. Here and there. I, uh, my whole life is tabletop rpgs sometimes like because we do the two streams of different tabletop rpgs and then while i'm at work i'm like listening to tabletop rpg podcasts for inspiration and to learn more about the rules and 
um, see what the hell's going on in that world to help support that. And then when I got home, I was playing Boulder's Gate, which is basically a tabletop RPG, but it's a video game and where you're rolling dice. And I was just like, fuck, I need something else. Like, this is fucking me up, dude. It's all day you can hear just dice hitting yeah. the table. <laughs> yeah. Which I love it. It's the one consistent thing in my life is D&D and tabletop RPGs is the one consistent thing. And we're we're blessed with what we do because there's a lot of people out there who don't have a consistent group that they can play with every week. And we've been playing consistently every week together for four years. Um, so it's it's wonderful. And I, I will not ever take that for granted. But there are just some days where I'm like, yeah, I need something else. So I was like, I like also like horror stuff a little bit. So I was like listening to other horror podcasts and stuff like that. Um, and playing like little nightmares when I'm going to bed, like horror games and stuff. Maybe because it's October, but yeah, sometimes you get a break out of yeah. that and just do something else for a little bit. And, for me, yeah. It's spooky season all year round for me. Yeah. But you know, you were saying you need something new. And when it's financially feasible, I'm going to be dragging this man fishing, oh camping, my God. hiking, mountain what, climbing. I fucking tell that I'm, shit is a joke, like literally nah. to our managers, too. I'm like, yeah, you know, because I'm open about my mental health with them, too. And, and I was like, well, I told him, you know, like, I, I haven't found anything that's been, like, stimulating for me. And this motherfucker looked at me and said, you ever been fishing? <laughs> No, no. Do I look like someone who's been fishing? <laughs> I'm taking this man fishing, hiking. Oh. I'm going to teach him a lot. We're and I told great time. the couch lads about that. And um, Fishy was just like, turn it into a vlog, turkey. <laughs> vlog me fishing with Isaiah. It's a great idea. Oh, God. Fishing vlog to come soon on the YouTube. Y'all yep. watch out for that. Do some Jesus little bushcraft Christ. survival. <laughs> We're going to sneak up on this bass. <laughs> I'm going to stick my finger in his bottle. Oh, no. Jesus Christ. Um, Let me see here. Well, buddy. This has been a good first episode. Yes, Shit-chatting with each other. Kind of letting these guys know what this is going to be about. Again, mental health. The world we live in. And um, coping mechanisms that we use to get through it. Um, really where we just hold nothing back and just talk about life and the shit we've been through. And if you have anything that you want to see us cover, leave it in the comments below or in the show notes below if you're on Spotify. Um, anything that you want to talk about or if you have a specific person that you would like us to try to get on the show, you could also leave that down below. We would love to hear about it. And we'll be checking the comments of this video and the show notes of this video for this podcast for a long time to come because this is the first episode. So we'll be checking in on it for a long time. Um, so please do so. Yeah, I'm heavily looking forward to the feedback from from the viewers. Hell it's yeah. it's something that I'm looking forward to. You know, help us help the show and build a connection between the people that want to be a part of this. Fuck yeah! This is Isaiah's first like step into content creation. So show the boy some love, y'all. Show him some love. Much appreciated. Much appreciated. That's you know, right. I'm, it's a little nerve wracking getting into this. I'm not too comfortable on camera, but I'm gonna get there. You're gonna I'm get gonna there. get there. You're gonna get there. And um, we're also going to be bringing on the other couch crew members to come in and guest star and, and talk shit with us. We've already got some episodes um, planned out with them. Um, they're very excited to be involved as well. So keep an eye out for that stuff. I always leave these sessions just feeling like good. Yeah. I think that's the point of it. That's exactly the point of it. You get yeah. to let some, let some weight off your shoulders. Yeah. Be able to feel free and open. I Hell think yeah. that's that's the most important part of this. You're true to yourself. Yeah. We're true to each other. And remember, 
it's okay to not be okay. Bye-bye. Head to my.hftd.org to donate to suicide prevention. Together, we can start the conversation around our mental health to proactively prevent suicides.